passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let's get hyped! Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hypecast, Michigan edition. We're still going to have this podcast, despite the fact that I was very unhyped on Tuesday for this Nebraska-Michigan game. I'm going to let BC and Brunt and our special guest, Josh Peterson from 1620 The Zone, they're going to try to hype me up today as we talk about Nebraska-Michigan, 31-point underdogs on the road who the hell knows who's taking the first snap at quarterback? That's where we're at right now. First of all, Josh Peterson, welcome back to the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. Shafe, Bruns, BC, good to see you guys. When I picked this game in the offseason, I figured it'd be a lot of fun, and I love talking about Michigan. This is not what I expected it to be back in August. Michigan man. Michigan man, that's me. I let People forget I lived there for a few years as a, as a young a person. Um, I've always as had a, a young soft, as a young, <laughs> I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Wolverines, which drives Mike Schaefer absolutely crazy. Terrible. So are you, absolutely. are you anti-Michigan state? Are yes. you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I pick Michigan every time they play in the rivalry. That was a disgusting, despicable act that we saw in the tunnel a few weeks ago. Team Michigan all the way. <laughs> absolutely disgusting. Wow. Do you, you want to talk Red t- Wings too? I do have my Red Wings hoodie on. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even meet to wear it today. It was an accident. We're talking about Steve Eiserman today. Yeah, yeah. Chris Cherios, Dominic Oshik. I named all the Red Wings. 90s names. This is great. Did you call Cherios? Those are all the names I can name from the Red Wings. (laughs) So, all right. Uh, Apparently, we're talking about Nebraska, Michigan, 2022 college football, riveting stuff. We'll just we'll dive right into the quarterbacks because there's really I mean 
there's really no other way to go of it. Josh Peterson, if you were Mar- uh, Mickey Joseph, Mark Whipple, what are you doing? I mean, this I, I Saturday, would, yeah, I'd go with Logan Smothers. Um, you know, I, I felt that way going into the, the Minnesota game. I thought that at, you know, various points in the second half of the Illinois game, I, I, I think the big thing comes down to just maybe Mark Whipple's comfort, right. With, with playing a, a running quarterback or a quarterback that he didn't, you know, help recruit into, into Lincoln. But I think that after, after what happened last week with Chubba Purdy, um, I think that, I think it's like the obvious move and it's, it's weird. And I feel kind of uncomfortable guys because, it seems like even in the post game, Mickey Joseph recognized that it was the obvious move to to bench Chubba Purdy earlier than he actually ended up doing. So I would love to know how his teammates feel, how they feel, you know, as they're ready to travel up to Ann Arbor for this football game. Brian, we've we've heard Mickey Joseph kind of say this before, uh, with with regards to Logan and Chubba. It sounds like practice is what has continued to put Chubba ahead of Logan. I mean, do you do you foresee any way that you you actually put Chubba Purdy out there to take the first snap on Saturday? Um, I don't. They might. Um, I mean, yeah, that that that's what it's been. Um, Mickey Joseph has said it like two or three times, including after the game um, last Saturday, how Logan just needs to be probably a little bit more consistent in practice. And then he reiterated that at the press conference this week about that's really the big thing for Logan this week is focusing on being a really good practice player, you know, and all that. But I mean, I can just go off what we see and I don't doubt that coaches who have a lot on the line are seriously watch practices and believe maybe this guy gives us an advantage here. The other guy doesn't, but when it gets to the games, some guys have it and some guys don't. And right now, um, Chuba has just not shown that, as Mickey would say, seeing it right. You know, I mean, and, and, and Logan, and I mean, if Logan starts this game, I don't think this is going to be a real great opportunity for him to prove <laughs> that he should have been the guy either. So it's kind of a mess, you know, like Logan could start and they might uh, get two first downs in the first half with the team they're going against. And everyone will say, well, it didn't matter. And maybe it didn't, but I, I think they blew an opportunity against Minnesota by not going to him earlier. Michael Bruns, how can Nebraska like what what can Nebraska do to try to run the ball on Saturday? <laughs> uh well, I mean, I think what Mickey said on on Tuesday, I think you you have to keep up, keep 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 uh kind of banging your head against the wall and being okay with three and four yard runs because that's I think that's what it's gonna be. Um I, I think I think it's a fair criticism to say that Nebraska has not given itself an opportunity most of the season, and especially during the second half of the season, to break those kinds of runs. Like, you know, Nebraska's kind of had those possessions where the the run game doesn't look as good as it did on the first drive, and then you completely get away from it. And I, I just don't see how Nebraska has a shot in this game unless they take the kind of approach that they did last season against Oklahoma. Like it needs to be a low possession game. Nebraska needs to kind of dink and dunk down the field. I don't think this is a game where, you know, you're, you're probably going to be, you know, having, I don't think it's going to be a huge game for Trey Palmer, you know, with, with throws over the top. So I think you need to try to shrink the game as much as possible. And I know that's a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of cowering a bit, but I mean, I, I just don't see where Nebraska, where Nebraska is going to get into a lot of trouble. And especially with the run game is if they start going three and out a ton and Michigan just turns around and runs the ball right at them when they get the ball back. So 
you, you got to try to get something going on the ground. You got to scheme things up. I think that's why Logan Smothers is a better option because he can run a little bit better than Purdy can. So you, you got to find something because if you can't run, it's going to be a long day on Saturday. Josh Brun just mentioned it with, with Trey Palmer. It's going to be, you know, difficult probably to get him the ball. If you had to bet and Trey Palmer has that big play potential and he can break a couple tackles, you just, you, you never know when he could just sort of have like a 40 yard one. If you had to choose between Anthony Grant and Trey Palmer for who's going to have more yards on Saturday, Grant having to run into that Michigan defensive front seven and Palmer having to get open with who the hell knows who's throwing him the ball at quarterback. And I look, I, I know you like to make, uh, you like to to make picks. You like to gamble a little bit. Anyone that's tailed your your bet of the day picks, God help them at this point. But uh, <laughs> where would where would you go here? Anthony Grant, Trey Palmer, who has more total offensive yards on Saturday? Gosh, man, I I honestly I think I might pick Palmer um, just because of the defensive line and and what Michigan brings to the table and and what we have seen. I guess two pronged with Nebraska's run game overall in the, in you know the second half in the last few weeks and just their offensive line in general. You, you're right. I mean Palmer, of course, has been very up and down this year. He has had you know almost 300 yards of total offense in one game, and then literally the next week he had one catch for one yard against Illinois. So I would pick him. I think. I, I'm guessing, Shay, part of that is I, I trust them to throw the ball more. I guess if that's the way I want to describe it against Michigan, even though you said it a couple seconds ago, like who's going to be the quarterback throwing him the ball? And then what type of protection is said quarterback going to get? But uh, I think I would go with Palmer partly, too, because I just don't know if Anthony Grant's style of running the football and, and how much he moves side to side is going to pay dividends for them versus the Wolverines on Saturday afternoon. Brunt, last year's Nebraska-Michigan game was, for my money, one of the best play-calling games for Scott Frost. They had some really interesting designs. They attacked Michigan in a variety of ways. But two things they accomplished that I wonder will we see on Saturday. Do you expect Travis Vokalek to be a little bit of a point of emphasis given the success Nebraska had tight end-wise with Austin Allen last year? And the other big thing that they did in that game, they got the ball to the running backs out of the backfield through the air. Ramir Johnson, we've seen a little bit the last couple of weeks. Could we see more Ramir as a pass catcher on Saturday in this uh, Brian Westbrook role that we heard about in the summer that, uh, you know, hasn't really manifested itself at any point in time? I, I think I'm probably done predicting anything for Ramir Johnson and what he could do the following week. I mean, I it, it seems like the kind of game where you would – lean more heavily on that type of a player out of the backfield, but I wouldn't predict it. Um, I strangely would feel a little bit better going into this game if it were Scott Frost calling plays just mm. because of what they schemed up last year against Michigan. And I thought – I agree with you totally. That was, I think, one of his better play-calling games of his time at Nebraska, along with some of those games where they played Wisconsin. But um, – I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're going to have to really roll out some wrinkles in this game to to get significant chunk plays, kind of along the lines of what you saw with the screen to Chancellor Brewington um, against Illinois, something like that, that that Michigan hasn't seen yet, where you kind of catch him by surprise. So I, I, I Ramir Johnson would be the kind of surprise based on how he's been used, used Do this it. year. Um, Do it. What? And say that you believe Ramir Johnson's going to have three catches. Say it. 
<laughs> I uh, no, I, I will not do that. Um, but I, I I think if you're looking for chunk plays, that's that's how it's going to be. Is either Mark Whipple schemes something up, or you get you know Trey Palmer making a play somewhere, uh, you know, on the outside making a guy miss and then getting a big gain. So it, they're going to have to get pretty creative, I think, to to really exploit this Michigan defense. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. BC, first of all, your camera, for some reason, kind of looks like you're in a smoky haze at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and maybe it's just maybe it's just my view of it. But the, the Miami the Miami Hurricanes just came out of the tunnel okay. in my in Well, my, hopefully uh, the air quality is <laughs> okay over there. I don't want this to be a, a situation where, you know. No, but you know what it is? The, there was no sun out. And may, yeah. it, maybe a Husker sign. The, the sun popped up all of a sudden, and it's it's illuminating me. Okay, all right. Well, illuminate us on what the loss of Miles <laughs> Farmer means for Nebraska's defense. He had uh, for a guy that I was pretty skeptical oh, yeah. of coming into the year. It feels like he's gotten um, better as the season has gone along, and and is you know had been a really involved piece for Nebraska's defense these last few weeks against Illinois and Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, his first month of the season, everybody was on his case, and uh, for fair reason. And uh, credit to him, the last month uh, he did turn a corner as an as a player, I think, and has a better understanding of what he's supposed to do. So, I it is a big loss uh, in a game like this. It would be uh, a big loss at any week, actually. If if there were to be a game, um, you were without him though. <laughs> this is the one I would pick to have some main guys be out. And that, I mean, that goes to Casey Thompson. If Casey Thompson even had like a 25% chance to play, I'd kind of be like, yeah, maybe, maybe save that for a week down the road and we'll table that. And I feel the same way uh, about anybody. So I guess you could look at it like this is a long shot to begin with. So if there's a week where you didn't have farmer, maybe this is okay. Um, but it's Phelan Sanford seems like he's going to be the guy who would start there. Um, he's played far more than anybody else. Deshaun Singleton, I think, is next up. I get people who text all the time still about Noah Pola Gates, and I think they have to realize that, I mean, he's been like fifth on the depth chart for a long time now. So uh, of those guys, you just have to understand that he's not in position. Jaden Gold is the guy of the is the new Noah Pola Gates name, and I'm not saying he's going to not play it, but he's the new name. <laughs> he's the new name. He's the new name. People need to talk about like in the. Thank next you year. for, for yeah. explaining that. <laughs> yeah, but Jaden Gold's like probably the fourth guy now. So um, 
that, yeah, Phelan Sanford, good, very good athlete. Uh, I think he'll be okay out there and know what he's supposed to do, but it, it's a, it's a half a step down. Josh, on Saturday, we saw a sack from O'Shawn Mathis. Um, he, he was a little bit more involved, at least in the first half of, of that Minnesota game. Walk yourself through the season so far, thinking about O'Shawn Mathis. Do you, has the production been below what you expected, about what you expected? I, I highly doubt it's exceeded what you've expected. But just from the from the prism of thinking of just O'Shawn Mathis, what, what kind of year do you feel like he's had so far? For you know, it's funny because I'm guessing a lot of people, Shafe, would say that he has underwhelmed them. And I think for me, I think that he he's probably whelmed. I think he's been about what I thought he was going to be. And part of that was like, you dive into the production, uh, you know, that he had at TCU. And like, while he was a what second team all conference player, the numbers to me, I guess, didn't jump off the page. Like you would hope given the, the, the way that we were discussing him before he chose Nebraska over Texas, you know, throughout the fall camp, I, I talked to a couple of people that I trusted and they were like, look, he's, he's good, but he's not going to be able to deliver the production that, you know, a lot of folks are hoping for. So I guess I entered the Northwestern game thinking, okay, He'll get a few sacks. He'll make a few plays, but he's not going to be this, you know, game wrecker on the outside. And I think that that's what he's been. I, I think he shows flashes, but I think other times he's he's kind of lost. And you'll you'll go like a quarter or two with, while watching the game, and then he'll make a play. And it's like, oh, that's right. There's O'Shawn Mathis. So overall, I would say, I mean, he's been a he's been a, a, a positive addition. Um, but for me, I think he's been about right where I expected, which I know is kind of disappointing for some. Brunch, how valuable is this kind of month stretch? For guys like Ernest Hausman, Malcolm Hartzog, some of the younger defensive players that, you know, it's a lost season for the most part, but there's some guys that can get some critical reps that you think are going to be around here for a while. No, it's big. I'd put Marcus Buford in that group too um, as kind of future guys that you're going to try to build the defense around. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to go into Michigan and have to function in that environment. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I've seen on, you know, our message boards and people say, well, you know, Ernest Hausman would have been better off redshirting this year and, you know, maybe, you know, kind of taking a step back after we got to four games or something. But there's so much more value, especially nowadays with the way the transfer portal is, to letting a guy play if he's ready to play. I mean, I I, I don't think that the way things are now, you can plan on five years down the road that a guy's going to, you know, take advantage of that. I mean, I mean, there's certainly, you know, Kevin Maurice is somebody that was, you know, the, the counter to that, but I, I think those guys are going to be better off and whoever the head coach is, is going to be depending on, um, you know, Hausman at, at that, that middle spot. And, and I think Buford's going to be a big piece of what they're going to do uh, going forward. So they're kind of taking their lumps right now, certainly Hausman, but I, I think he's benefited, benefited from that and will benefit from that going forward. All right, let's dive into predictions. This is a portion of the show where we make oddly specific predictions of what we will think will happen on Saturday. Now, surprisingly, none of us chose in the last two weeks that Nebraska would have a long string of three and outs. So I I wonder if anyone's gonna gonna go with that. At this point, it doesn't feel that odd. So I I don't know. You you might have to get a little more creative. Brian Christopherson, what is your oddly specific prediction for Saturday? 
Uh, I'll give a positive one for Nebraska. I don't think it's going to be a game with many positives. Out of nowhere, I think they're going to block a punt. And it's going to uh, go about – the punt will still travel about 17 yards. <laughs> 17 yards. inside the 20 somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're going to get some, they're going to get a, they're going to get a piece of a punt. Um, I don't know if I want to call who's going to block it. Okay. Um, do it, do it. I, 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 I can't even think of the names right now, honestly. So can we I, can we say Javen Wright? Yeah, we could. Let's just say Javen Wright's going to block that punt, and it's going to go 17 yards, and uh, um, that'll be a happy moment. And that'll be kind of payback for the time uh, when Michigan owned the game on special teams against uh, Papuchas back in uh, what year was that? 2013, 2014? Who knows? 45-17 game. Okay. All right. We've got a blocked punt to start things off. Josh Peterson, where are you going to go? All right, so my oddly specific prediction will involve the first drive of the game. It will be Logan Smothers starting at quarterback. They will run a zone read on first down. He will pick up seven yards. It will begin a march down into the red zone where Nebraska will have to settle for a field goal, and the field goal will be, let's say, 31 yards. So a 31-yard field goal gives Nebraska a 3 nothing lead in the big house. All right. Uh, I'm also going with a field goal for my oddly specific prediction, but I am going for a new long for Timmy Bleak Road. Nebraska hits their first field goal over 50 yards on Saturday. Timmy Bleak Road knocks in a 51-yard field goal. Let's say it happens on the second possession of the third quarter. Nebraska gets a surprisingly short field but only takes advantage of some of it. But Timmy Bleak Road comes through with a field goal, 51-yard long. Fronts. You guys are uh, – I, I was going to go with the first offensive drive in Nebraska just absolutely marching down the field and, and everybody kind of wondering if, if things were going to happen. Uh, I'll go – I'll flip it. I'll go Nebraska's first defensive possession. And uh, – I think what's going to happen is I think you're going to see a three and out from Nebraska's defense. You're going to get Garrett Nelson with a big stop on third and two. He's going to give you a little of the finger, uh, give you a little point at, at, at the the hundred thousand in Michigan stadium. They're going to get off the field. And, uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of excitement on the defense on that first possession. So Garrett Nelson, I don't know if we'll call it a TFL, but maybe no gain. Um, but definitely the finger point and, uh, that's where we're going. Okay, so that actually brings up something I've wondered for a while. Do you guys think that when Nate Rohr is watching a game on his television and it gets to third down, he just instinctively starts doing it? And then, like, let's say he's at a watch party, and then people might think it's funny initially, but at some point they're like, dude, you're not there. I bet they ask talk to Nate Rohr about this. Yeah, if he goes, if he's at a watch party, Shafe, you absolutely know that people are like, hey, come on, could you do the third down thing, please? Can you do the third down thing? And then he's the one that's getting annoyed by it because they're like in the second quarter, hey, could you do the third down thing again, please? It's funny. Do you think he just walks around and people recognize him like, hey, it's the third down guy? They just scream at him. (laughs) It's one in the morning in Fresno State driving against Colorado State, (laughs) and he just in his head is doing it. Try not to wake up the kids. That's the Nate Roar, if you're listening to this, you need to let us know whether you do the third down thing away from Memorial Stadium. That's <laughs> That would be the biggest thing we'll learn on this entire podcast. That I promise you. 
Uh, all right, picks to click. We will start with Josh Peterson. Uh, do we have to pick a Nebraska player for picks to click? Uh, you can I'll... pick. Look, the rules have just been broken repeatedly. Okay. You can pick whoever you want. You have to pick someone from this game, though. You can't pick yes. a different game. Yeah. Yes, you perfect. Can't, you, all can't, right. you can't choose Chris Chelios. Okay. <laughs> Steve Eiserman is my pick to click. No, I'll go with I'll go with Blake Corum. I think uh Nebraska's done a pretty solid job the last two weeks. I think you look at the yards per carry that they have allowed uh versus Illinois and versus Minnesota. Like not honestly, not a trash fire, like we would have thought even a month ago, month and a half ago. I think Blake Corum, though, is is obviously a really good back. You know, he's gonna put himself in the Heisman conversation as this month continues on. So I'll say that he is my pick to click and and Nebraska's rush defense, you know, I, I don't want to say fails, but falters more than they have in each of the last two weeks. BC? I'll say uh, Luke Reimer, uh, but with the uh, the attachment that Michigan's going to have a lot of success uh, running the ball, but, but, but Reimer is going to have one of those high tackle games or something. Like, yeah. That, like, that, like Levante in 2011? Like the, not, that, that. Not, <laughs> yeah, that's the game I was per- thinking of earlier, too, I think, yeah. with the special teams meltdown. But, yeah, uh, not to that level. That game was with Levante was like, holy cow, that guy's keeping, like, uh, 55-yard plays from happening like every other snap. But um, I don't think it's going to be that level, but I think it's going to be a double-digit, 12-tackle kind of game for Reimer. He flies around, and, and he's sort of one of those guys you recognize, man, he's really playing balls out even in a losing effort. Brunt? I'm going to go with my guy, Brian Buschini. Um, I, I don't know that we're talking about him enough um, for the way that he's punted the last couple of weeks on a pretty bad ankle, I think. Like, he's kind of had, like, an ankle thing he's been dealing with most of the, the season. Uh, Average 55 a punt against uh, Minnesota last week. Nebraska was actually winning the field position battle up until the fourth quarter, believe it or not. And I think he's probably going to get a lot of action on, on Saturday against Michigan. So... I'm expecting Brian Buschini to have a good game um, again. I, I think he's 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 uh, the the Big Ten is a is a conference of punters, but I think Brian Buschini is is towards the top of that crew. I assure you, the Friday Husker Tailgate Show on KLIN talks a lot about Brian Buschini because I think I've given him a helmet sticker for every game this year for the most part. So there's at least someone out there talking about Brian Buschini. So rest assured. Competent punter play is not just being pushed to the side now that we're finally getting to see it week in and week out. I'm going to go with Ernest Hausman for my pick to click. And I'm going to throw in another oddly specific prediction. He had his first career tackle for a loss last week. He's going to get his first sack this week on the road in the big house. He's going to get you Big Macs by pulling down, uh, what is it, McCarthy? They got McCarthyism up there in Michigan. He's going to pull down McCarthy at some point in the game for a sack. Talk about a red scare, am I right? Yeah, yeah. look at that. That's the kind of references people want to hear when they listen to this podcast where Nebraska is a 31-point underdog on Saturday. Look at that. All right, score prediction time. Who is going to pick Nebraska to cover? Who's going to pick Nebraska to not scroll well? Who's going to pick Nebraska at all? Probably no one. We'll start with Josh. Uh, so I mentioned the field goal. That is like the lone bright spot for Nebraska in this one. Uh, I think Michigan dominates and and I think that, that this is the part of the season where we just kind of see the depths of hell that Nebraska football has entered. Give me the Wolverines 52 to nine. Okay. 
52 to nine we have uh let's go to brunts yeah i i will uh i go back and forth on this one and i i think uh i think nebraska will have some very very small flashes of good football in this game very small um i'm just doing the math here to see if they cover or not um i i'm predicting michigan 43 nebraska 15 that's a cover i feel like it's a I cover. feel like this series the series always has kind of some weird scores right so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with the weird score train michigan 39 because both teams are just running clock that whole second half nebraska 14 with two field goals a touchdown and a two-point conversion 39 14 nebraska covers but it's not even as close as 25 points might indicate on the scroll bc take us home uh i'll say michigan 45 nebraska 13 um it, it's it's still a little odd to me predicting games like that with Nebraska attached to it as bad as they've been but I actually have to talk myself into that score as opposed to a worse score to be honest that's sort of how I feel about this game all right well uh who's who had the highest point total there I had 14 BC had 13 Josh had 61. Oh, nine. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah, nine. Brunch, what did uh, you have? It was me at 15. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, 15 hoping, would be really, more than the last two weeks. I'm really hoping for a really late two-point conversion attempt from Nebraska in this game. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Who do – it's it's Nebraska's lined up for a two-point conversion. Where do you think they're going to go with that ball, Brunch? Uh, I hope it's a back shoulder fade. That's what I want. Did Travis Vokalek <laughs> split out at wide receiver? Yes. Jump ball. 50-50. Okay. I like it. Uh, anybody want to add any final thoughts before we close this down and we never talk about this game again until next week? I hope that uh, as – as uh, who was it that just mentioned a, a, a fast second half, a low score? Was that you, Shafe? Maybe, maybe this game happens in like three hours. That would be fun for all of us, right? Done by 530? Yeah, because Bruns wants to go to the Pistons game. Yeah, I'm holding out, holding out chances of a Pistons game. I don't think it's going to happen though. We got, we were undone by the the mid afternoon kick time. I can't believe we made it through this whole thing. I'm going to ruin the streak without mentioning the the greatest scroll game of all time with Jack Stoll catching the touchdown against yeah. Penn State on the last series. That would be an oddly specific prediction to add to it. Nebraska's points for me come on a touchdown as time expires to get it to uh, 45-13 as just like they scored at the end against Penn State that year. They, they were 27-point dogs in that game, by the way. That that was the uh, – 27? 27 in that game, yep. What was the largest margin that Penn State had before Nebraska had that great comeback in terms of the scroll? Uh, I don't – I think I'm at like 30-something at one point. I think it was 31. Yeah. Yeah. Because it ended at 17, right? 12. 12. 12. 56, it ended, up, ended up looking like a game that was yeah. like, man, am I, I missed something. I mean, yeah. that, that must have been interesting. <laughs> it was 42 to 10 at the half. <laughs> what a dumb right. game. When in, in late December, when we're sitting around trying to come up with ideas for the winter and the spring, I'm definitely going to pitch that BC needs to come up with the top 10 best scrolling games in recent <laughs> Nebraska football history so we can just 
you know, do a full podcast on this. Maybe we'll even do an oral history of some of these games. Oh, you guys can bring in some some Penn State media members that can talk about it. From yeah, they'll be like, "What? Do, what do you want? What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you want the least listened to podcast ever? Yeah, we're gonna revisit the 2017 Nebraska Penn State game that we talk about inadvertently. The other thing way I, too much. The other thing week. I remember about that game was nearly falling to my death trying to get down to the field because it was kind of raining slash snowing that night, and. uh yeah. It's like being in the hole of a ship there. So it's just all metal stairs and stuff. It yep. was it was treacherous. Very treacherous. Looks like an erector set from the outside. Yeah, with one bathroom. One bathroom in that horrible <laughs> elevator. Love it. Well, you guys will get excited for your next Penn State trip. We can talk about that. At that point, be sure to check out Husker 24-7 point coverage leading up to the game. As you can tell, very optimistic about what this is going to look like on Saturday. And that means there's going to be a lot of great coverage coming out of the game. We're going to hand out game balls. We do it every week. It doesn't matter how the game goes. There's going to be a report card. We do it every week, even if it doesn't seem like Nebraska has passed a class in three years. You know, these are the things that you're going to get. Plus, we'll have plenty of coverage. Both Brunts and BC will be there. They will have stuff for you before they go to the Pistons game if they try to get there at all. Uh, and, of course, on Sunday, the Sunday side session podcast will break down this game. God help us all. We're going to do it. It'll be there. You can listen to it on Sunday. And you can check out all of our coverage, as always, at Husker 24-7. We'll be back with more podcasts next week. New CBS Monday. Federal agents. Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, you got here. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.